Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I am Coach Judith. I am one of the amazing coaches with the Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. All right. And today we are talking about aging parents and caring for aging parents. Mm -hmm. And this is a topic that I think we both deal with, with our clients. We deal with it in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are of that age where aging parents is a concern for all of us, right? It 100% is like, I mean, we probably, the truth be told, we probably started worrying about it sometime in our, in our teens, when we started realizing or in our twenties, when we realized, yeah. when, you know, when grandma and grandpa were passing away, when our parents were, I'm air quoting here, managing Mm -hmm. um, their aging parents and how they showed up for them. And at least for myself, yeah, I've always yeah. had some awareness of, you know, what's it going to be like. And I'm always grateful for at least on paperwork wise, the lengths my parents have gone to, <laughs> to take care of paperwork, you know, managing their finances and their, the personal responsibility that they've taken care of so that we, me and my siblings didn't mm -hmm. have to, um, to manage that end of it. And then of course their personal involvement with their own desires for healthcare, but I'm not sure we're, we're talking more about the, the parent child relationship and how that starts evolving. I see it in many of my clients as whether one, it could also be if you're married to an older person, or if you are older and your spouse is declining and your health is great. Mm -hmm. And you are managing the healthcare for, for your spouse. Yeah. It's going to boil down to the same type of my thoughts, the same type of relationship that you're going to have, you know, first with yourself, mm -hmm. getting yourself and your thoughts and feelings under control. But if you, you might even think you have it under control, but until you're there, yeah. you realize there's the, there's yet more things to figure out the layers of like your agenda, your yeah your purpose, your, why you are doing what you're doing and how to manage your mind. Yeah. And I, I think from my perspective, I have <laughs> very, uh, there's, there's longevity in our genes. So I still have one living grandparent. Wow. Yeah. My grandmother is, is still alive and I just lost, I'm trying to think, um, I had one grandparent who had passed away before I was ever born. And, and then I had, uh, I lost a grandmother when I was in my thirties and then my grandfather when I was in my mid forties, but as an only child, I guess the thing that I'm, that I'm winding my way around to is I, it was my great grandparents that I was losing in my teens and twenties. And I always kind of dreaded the, this part of the journey in my mind back then, because I knew I would have to do it alone. Mm. And I have never really minded being an only child, but I was singularly aware, aware even early on that that was a journey I was going to have to take alone when it came that time. How do you feel thinking that thought? I know exactly. It's a circumstance, but yeah. is it true? But I'm like, I'm Gary coach, but is it true? Yeah, no, I, that's, it's, and it's not something that I focus on anymore, yeah. but that was a big thing. Big story. Yeah. 
that I used to carry with me. Yeah, for sure. I could totally see that. Yeah. So I think one of the things, you know, that we tend to do, what this is called is when we start dreading it or becoming aware of it, we start trying to deny the reality of, you mentioned even, even relationships where we have an older spouse, maybe Mm -hmm. we start trying to deny the reality that death is the eventual outcome of every life. Mm. And in this country, I mean, I guess in our world today, we are obsessed with youth, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We do everything we can to keep people younger looking, younger acting. If you sit down and yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm patting my face. Uh (laughs) There's if even thinking about the commercials that are on TV, if, you know, when I have the news on at night, Almost every commercial is some kind of something to get your youth back, whether it's uh, a medication for something to make you feel younger or act the way you did in your 20s, or whether it's a cream or, a, you know, all kinds of things. And we try, I think, sometimes to just deny the reality that aging is a natural process. Well, you know, even as you're saying this, like I'm having a hard time and, and I'm sure this came, this is not like a, you know, I didn't just pop, pop out with this thought, but I I think I've referred back to often one of the most pivotal classes I took in college was it was a death and dying class. And it was just such an eye opener. And the focus is, you know, of course it's on, on the lit on, on living our best life today, knowing death is coming. It's coming and normalizing death and not seeing it as something we need to need to avoid or buffer around or not be intentional or purposeful about. And I think even, I don't even know, this is my first time like having this conversation out loud, even like, I think that has been super helpful for me. Um, You know, as, as my mom passed away last year, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, it was a surprise. It was emotional. I went through all the human experience with that. But I also believe that knowing that it was, it was normal and being with her as she passed was, it was just, it was a beautiful experience. And I think people, this is where I coach my clients to the space. I like to get them at is where they can see that point that it is, it is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. get out of, you know, there's the reality of the hardship of caring for someone because it's managing your mind. It's the pulling out what is yours, what is theirs, keeping your street clean while you're trying to help them navigate a space mm-hmm. and not coming from a place of war, but coming from a place of compassion yeah. for the spouse or the parent or whoever it is. And for yourself, always like whatever, whatever you want to feel for yourself, you have that ability to mm-hmm. create for whoever it is, is it whoever, or whomever it is that you are caring for? Yeah. And just, I mean, think about the difference in the emotions that we come to from fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we have a fear, when, and that's where denial of reality comes from. It comes from fear. We don't want to face the death of a loved one, but any emotion or any thought that's going to come from that is not something that we want to approach our our loved ones with, right? It's it's going to create, yeah, right. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, sometimes 
and and I I know ahead of time that we all are in charge of our own thoughts, but I've seen people who want to I'm trying to think of how to say this. They need to be comforted by the by that loved one who's ill, who's not, you know, they're they're trying to come to grips with their own passing, and yet they feel like they have to comfort the family members, the you know, the children, whatever. And that's that space that you're talking about, you know, allowing people to create. What a gift that is. Yes, that that you know, and why doing this thought work now, no matter what age you're at, if, if you still have your parents living, you can still, or a a spouse, the realization is that the more you do your own inner work yes, and you learn what creates your thoughts and feelings, what's driving your bus. So to say the more awareness you can create for yourself so that when you show up and Grandpa Joe says X, Y, Z, you're not in your pity party of, well, he always blah, blah, blah. And he right, didn't love right. me and blah, blah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why am he, I helping? He loves, he loves my, my cousin more than me because yes. that's not where you want to be. That's mm-hmm. not the place that you want to be letting go of someone you love. And let me tell you, it is so, so normal for your brain. If you don't manage your mind. Absolutely. The managed mind, you're going to have awareness of your brain's going to want to go there and you're going to, they're going to learn the skill yeah. of directing and reframing and understanding yeah. how you landed there. Yeah. It's not even, I mean, it's, we're, we're not making moral judgments about people. Your I, brain goes to this place because of fear. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are afraid of what is going to change when this person is no longer here. And sometimes the things that come out from that are your own pity, unresolved issues. Yes. All the unresolved unresolved issues. issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, I don't, I don't remember her name, but I was listening to, um, a person who works with elderly people. And she was talking about the relationships, parent child relationships that Mm -hmm. she has seen. And you mentioned normalizing aging and death. And that's one of the things that she talked about is that, we romanticize in our culture, old age. We love to see like love stories of people who have maybe high school sweethearts who got back together and got married when they were 85 or, um, you know, people who graduate from college later in life, but nobody is telling the story. For instance, when Hillary Clinton was on when she campaigned for president back in 2016 she was dealing with her aging mother who passed away you know right before I think right before that that period but she had been dealing with her in this public spotlight Hmm. or her life was in the public spotlight but nobody was highlighting the fact that she was dealing with her aging parent. And she gave a couple of different examples. That's the one that I remember. But I thought how true that is, that we don't see this aging process, that part of it in our culture. And that's the normalization that we could all really benefit from. It would help to alleviate some of the fear. Right, right. I, um, I follow, I don't even know what to call the call handle, her Instagram handle, but she's a holistic hospice nurse. 
And it's, it's always enlightening what she has to say. And and this just, this is just a random thing hearing her talk about, you know, and that is her goal is like normalizing death, like what to expect. And I just think it's super impactful. Like one, if you have, I'm going to just jump right. If maybe if you have an aging parent or someone you're caring for, start following people like that, where you can start getting information to help yourself start normalizing to your point Mm -hmm. that it's not normalized in the media is there are people out there delivering messages, maybe just like you and I, like getting it out there to um, get your brain to become aware of what, what could possibly come up with up for you Yes, and then helping you develop some strategies and skills to work on your mindset. Yeah. Anything we can do to, to know more, because the more we know, the less we will be driven by fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a lot of, well, there's just a lot about the process that, that people don't know because we do everything in our culture to hide it instead of highlighting it. They like an, I think an important question too is, you know, someone like me, probably someone like you who, who likes to come in and fix, be the helper, you know, and, and solve. And you think I like to fix what? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> like checking in with yourself and asking yourself, you know, what is my responsibility here and who am I making these decisions for? Mm-hmm. And am I making this decision from a place of my comfort yeah, or yeah. their comfort? Because yeah. often like, you know, if it's, if it's a parent that wants to come home from the hospital or a, or a parent, you think you think can't live alone, mm-hmm. right. Or shouldn't be living alone. But then there's that delicate balance of realizing and honoring their wishes to want to live alone. Yes. And it's your work to come within yourself and figure that process out. And I wanted to drop a book. It's called On Being Mortal mm-hmm. by, I cannot say his name, Atul Gandhi or something like that. But it's really good. It's kind of, it, it, it is actually a very thorough look at how other people have transitioned. He's a doctor and it's mm-hmm. just sort of his account of things and opening your eyes up to what you what kind of life you want to create as you're, as you age with your aging parents or loved one, whoever that is. You said something I really want to jump on because I think one of the other things that we sometimes do, we talk about role reversal. We talk about parenting our parents Mm -hmm. and it's really important for us to understand Mm -hmm. that we will never be our parents' parent. It's not a helpful thought. It is not. (laughs) And, and I have seen, I've seen clients go down that path. I know you have too, Mm -hmm. but that is just not our role. It has never been our role. And to start taking that approach can really cause some relationship issues. Some conflict, some burnout. For you and for them, right? Right. Because they're going to want their autonomy. Yes. And you know what, when we get there, I'm not going to want my kids telling me what to do. I'm going to be ornery. I'll just tell you, I know I am. I'm not going to want that. So why would I put that on my parents? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I think we go there sometimes because we think that that's the way it's supposed to work. We have the, I mean, it's, it's a very common thing that we talk about role reversal folks, it's not role reversal. They are your parents. You are their right. children. Well, that role doesn't change. I think the, the 
a key focus or a, exactly what you're talking about. This is like seeing it as, you know, cultivating a journey yeah. of a journey where you can develop empathy for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that empathy word. We talk about it a lot and you, you know, you drop perspective for yourself and for the other and cultivating that, that path for yourself and dealing with things more on at the forefront and not getting into the worry and things about what's coming ahead, yes. but being more present, being more attuned to your own thoughts and feelings and being empathetic for what you all are experiencing. Yeah. I think, you know, that's where we come back to so many times as being in the moment, but this journey that we can take with our parents that I, I like that image that you just used. It's a chance for us to slow down, right? We're always talking, complaining about how busy life is and how, you know, elderly people, they don't hurry. Mm-mm. They don't rush. They don't. And, and many times that's why I think there's conflict when we have an aging parent in the hospital, mm. they get very stressed. Many times they get, uh, it's yeah. a thing too, though. I mean, there's their, whatever there's why they're in the hospital and then the exactly experience of being in the hospital and what does to their brain. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like that's a whole real thing right now. It is. That's I, it is. And so understanding that this is a journey that we take with them and it's a chance for us to slow down. And then in those moments where they are forced to be in a situation where things are sped up, I mean, a hospital is very busy and fast paced and bright and it, it's all the things sensory. Yes. It's all the things that I think can set many of us off, but especially the elderly. Yes. 100%. And understanding that, that this is a gift we've been given a chance to slow down, a chance to be in the present. And instead of fighting against it Mm -hmm. to just relax into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's when I think of it about my mom's own passing, you know, it was really that it was that gift of, I can remember like being so present with her and like witnessing that I was witnessing my mom passing, mm-hmm. you know, that ultra hyper. Yes. Like it was just so, if I, if I said it was beautiful, it was also mind numbingly painful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sure, it sure. was so whew, getting emotional thinking about it, but where I can remember leaving the hospital or the, the hospice and feeling like I I use that analogy of like when Superman, like went around the world a hundred times, you know, to bring Lois Lane back, Mm -hmm. but that's that kind of energy that you just can't explain. And it, it was just, you know, it was just love. I I wasn't planning on going here. Sorry. (laughs) Kind of just rolling with it. But um, I'm just so thankful that I had, the ability to be present with her because that, that made the journey just so, just so amazing. You know, there were hard times, you know, she had dementia and thank goodness I had done this work ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. I had, you know, I feel like I have a rich supply of, of skills to build upon and to share with others about, you know, she said the same thing a hundred times and she needed to go to the doctor. She didn't want to go to the doctor. And I had to evaluate, you know, what, is this me wanting her to go? And there was also a, her husband, you know, keeping him happy too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause he wanted her to go. Yeah. And it, it, where am I going with this? Learning to manage with empathy and compassion for all the players, always being mindful 
keeping your oxygen mask on yourself first. Yes. No matter what, because you cannot be helpful to yourself or others. How many times do we say this every episode? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> that until you've got to have that space to recognize. And I think this is, I have myself a little note right here. You know, why are you doing this? Is it duty to yourself or duty to the other person and being defining that for yourself? What, what role does duty play in this? And is that even a word you want to have in your vocabulary? Yeah. It gets tough, gets sticky. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I think one of the things to understand and in, in the, in the moment, in the moment when you were dealing with the hospice, you know, you had, you had questions, you had, you questioned your own decisions, which is absolutely normal. But some grace that we can all give ourselves is in, in the end, we aren't going to change the outcome, no matter what decision we make. The outcome is the outcome. The thought I held on to was, am I, what space am I coming from? Is this coming? Am I making decisions from love? Yeah. Am I making this decision from love? You know, it was, I, I didn't even have the vocabulary to say, or fear. Right. Because yeah, anytime yeah. you tap into fear, you know, that you're not making the decision of love. Like you could just tell, like you could, you can feel it in your body. Yes. And because my brain, my brain wanted to do all the things and save her. And I, I wanted to, um, for the sake of, before I forget, drop a, it's called, I mean, I came across this resource and it's called eldercare.acl.gov. So apparently every community, some, something that started in 1964, every community has this, it's where you get like your meals on wheels and get uh-huh. help with, with healthcare and insurance and legal stuff. And, um, I think that's just good to know because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And what is that? Tell that again. It's called eldercare.acl.gov. And you go to the website, it's the area agency on aging and you put your zip code in and it will pull up resources available to you in your community. Yeah, This is another little fun fact. I wasn't going to, I don't have, I'm not prepared to talk about, but I'll share anyway. Um, you have, you have an, a trauma agency in your County that gives you all the things you need to have when someone dies. Sounds so like um, it's good to know, but how are you going to know if you don't know? Yeah. I had no idea I was going to sign up for this like trauma response in the community. Like if there was a house fire or children became Mm -hmm. parentless, like that I would be trained, but could not get the hours to work out as a thick book of, of my County, Buncombe County. And it, it had all the deep, like the things to do, because you would also part of the training would be to help families figure out how to make what legally they need to do the steps to do in in a traumatic event. Yeah. We'll, we'll put some of those, those resources that you just dropped in the, in the show notes so people can have access to them. But I think that's fantastic to know because that many times part of the fear, part of the pity is that story that I told myself, I have to walk this alone. Yes, me, my, even if you have siblings, I I know so many people with siblings and the story is it was all left to me. I had to do it all. Nobody else wanted to do it. So I had to do it all. 
you know, so being an only child in some ways alleviates problems. <laughs> but the truth is the resources are out the there. The resources are out there. Yes. You not physically have a, a sibling or, but you've got your husband, like you've got people. Oh yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. And I'm only doing that for the sake of, for our listeners who are listening, yes. who, who may be telling themselves the same story, who's believing that. Absolutely. You know what? I have other friends who are only children who you know, have, have stepped up so many times simply because they understand that with only children, there's not siblings. I was saying, just because you're an only child doesn't mean that people who have siblings are getting help from those siblings. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, that's That's a whole other podcast. So yeah, that is a, a whole, and it's, it just illustrates, like you said, that it's a story we create. There's no truth about it. It's just our brain responding in fear and the brain always wants certainty yes. right it's trying oh, to yeah. always try and figure this out and there's going to be a there's going to be a right way and a wrong way boy we're just yeah yeah uh, and death is i mean it's certain it that is going to be the outcome regardless of what what choices we make that part is certain but that's the part that our brain doesn't want to accept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we want to make it something well, it's that control. Yes. Right. And yes, control. that's exactly it. And the, the desire for control will lead to unnecessary sadness. Yeah. Because we can't control, we can't control this. We can't control the people. No. We can't control the parents. We can't parent our parents. And, and we would not feel better if they would follow the rules. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because the outcome will be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So any last thing you want to say as we wrap this one up? Uh, step back. Look at the circumstance. What is the worst that could happen? Uh, allow the fear to come. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Yeah. And make peace. You can, you can decide you want to make peace or make war with, with what's going on, with the conflict with yourself. Coming from empathy and compassion for everyone. Get some coaching. Get some counseling. Get yeah, a friend. Yes. Keep listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have coached on all aspects of grief, um, all aspects of loss. And, you know, so many of us coaches, we have experience with that. There are some coaches out there who specialize uh, in grief and in, in aging parents. So having those resources available, they're out there folks. Mm -hmm. And just understanding that what you're going through is a normal process. Mm -hmm. We don't see it enough in our culture, but it's a normal process and you can, you know, you can have resources to get help with it. You sure can. And uh, a last note too, just remembering when you're going through your journey, through your process, your pathway to be sure and give some equal airtime to some good thoughts. Yes. If you can at least just get to that space. If you're going to focus on the negative 50% of the time, let's give it some 50% equal airtime on the positive and how fortunate you are to be the one to show up and help your person and take your person to the doctor and to get that, get that time with them. Yeah. This is, this is a rare opportunity and you've been given this opportunity. You know, when dad was having his issues back in, in December and we were driving to Nashville, you know, two and three times a week, spending the night in the ER I I just kept thinking what a gift this was to be able to have this time that I got to do this. What an honor that was. 
And, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a end of life situation, but it's the same in that anytime we get the chance to be with that loved one, what a, what a rare opportunity this is. And and we can look at it that way. Can you get to be, it. yeah, you get to be intentional, define who you want to be on this journey. Yes. You want to be whining or do you want to be shining? I didn't mean to make that, <laughs> right, but, but seriously, you get to decide it does require, it does require some work, but you know, I did set the intention, the daughter I wanted to be, I'm the kind of daughter that showed up this way. I'm the kind of daughter that did these things. And I'm going to tell you like, that was from Corinne Crabtree right there. That was one of my first coaching things. And I was already like in motion going through the steps mm-hmm. 2017 anyway, was really like thinking that way. Like, I don't want to have any regrets on how I showed up. Yes. I want to show up with love and go all in. And that's your choice. Yep. Every time, every time. All right. So if you are looking for coaching, mm-hmm. you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com or on Instagram at Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A underscore green coaching. Fun fact, you can find me at the No BS Weight Loss Program and you can follow me on the Instagram at justjudy, J-U-S-T-J-U-D-I-E. And I am challenging myself to 30 days of posts. So I've already made three. <laughs> Woohoo! active on my, uh, on my social media platform and just get out of my comfort zone. I feel like I've been hiding and not able to like open up and I'm feeling I'm in uh, as we call it over no BS in home base, Yeah, feeling pretty comfortable, just sticking it out there. And so 30 days, come see me. We also have a Facebook page. The coaches cut podcast has a Facebook page. It's a great place to drop if there's something you want to tell us, if there's something that you want to talk to, to us about, if you have a- about something you heard, like, yes. Right? yes, about your parents or give us some feedback and how it helped you. Yes. That's the aging process. What, you know, what has been your experience? We would love to hear more about that, but you can find us at the coaches cut podcast on Facebook. Cool. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.